0: Head to my website, SimonMundy.com or Amazon, Waterstone, Smiths, places like that to get your copy.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's
0: why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. Hello and welcome to the first of these bite-sized episodes which I'm planning on releasing weekly or as close to weekly as I possibly can and in which I'm going to take one specific life lesson from one of my previous conversations and dissect it. And today I'm going to talk about the concept of amor fati which means to love one's fate. Amor Fati is a phrase that was initially coined by the German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. And as I just said, it means to love your fate. In other words, whatever happens in your life, whatever is happening right now or whatever has happened in your past, accept it fully. Not begrudgingly and reluctantly, but accept it as if you had chosen it yourself. Nietzsche argued that if you could do this, then you would experience inner peace. Now, I'm going to look at a couple of different ways of looking at fati in a moment. But first, I just want to play a quick clip from the episode that I recorded with the American author Ryan Holiday. Ryan has written a number of books, the best of which is, in my opinion, The Obstacle is the Way. And he talks a lot about stoicism and stoic philosophy, which he describes as the most practical of all philosophies. And when we were talking about it, we were talking about it in terms of how it could be used to deal with the Covid pandemic and the first lockdown because we were speaking just a couple of weeks after the whole world had basically been put into lockdown in April 2020. So here is Ryan Holiday.
1: Amor fati. Ironically, uh, the, the phrase itself, that Latin expression, which means a love of fate, actually comes to us, you know, hundreds of years later from Nietzsche. But but he's summarizing this sort of Stoic idea, which is that. So much of that is outside of our control. These things happen to us, and so one option would be to complain. One option would be to whine. One option would be to resent. He says, actually, and this is what the Stokes are saying: you just embrace it. You go like, this is all that I have, and so I'm not going to wish it was different. I'm going to accept it for what it is. Uh, Epictetus, who's a, a slave, one of the early Stokes, he says, like, look, instead of wishing for things to happen as you want them to be. Um, wish them to be what they are and your life will be well and and, and so what what the Stoics are saying is um, in, in instead of wishing this away instead of denying it instead of resisting it you go okay this is the situation I'm in I am going to embrace it and I'm going to you know sort of Rest as much of it, rest as much as I can from it. You know, Marcus. Uh, he has this sort of image of fire and meditations, and he he talks about how anything you throw on top of a fire is fuel for the fire. That's sort of the Stoic idea of a fati, that 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 our obstacles can actually be fuel um, if we properly absorb them so that was ryan holiday
0: author of the fantastic book the obstacle is the way and i would definitely recommend going back and listening to the episode i recorded with ryan even if you have done so already so let's dig into this idea of amor fati just a bit more and for the purposes of this episode there's a couple of ways of looking at it so in stoic terms it's about practicing or seeing that Every situation, even the worst situation, is an opportunity to practice doing and being your best. So for example, even when the worst situation happens to you, you can practice humility. So the question, why me, becomes why not me? So that is the stoic way of looking at it. It's a choice, it's a practice. But there is another way of looking at this. And to understand the second way, a good place to start is differentiating between the thinking mind and the aware mind. So if I give you a little example, imagine that you have a really important event that is due to take place outside. So it could be your wedding, a party, a sporting event, and you need the weather to be good. But you wake up one morning, that morning, and you pull back the curtains and it's absolutely chucking it down with rain. And very quickly, your mind starts coming out with things like, oh, no, today's ruin. This is this is a disaster. What terrible luck, et etc." et cetera. So that is the thinking mind. But the aware mind was the part of your mind, shall we say, that was aware of the sight of the rain before all the thoughts started rushing in, leaping to judge it as as bad. So we could say like the thinking mind labels things, says yes to some things, no to others. It says right, it says wrong, it says good, it says bad, etc. But the aware mind that we all have, you could even say we all are, says yes to everything. So for example, I'm looking out of a window right now, and there's a big tree over to my left, there's a shed over to my right, and there's a road with a load of cars straight ahead. Now, my experience of seeing or the awareness that is aware of, of all the sights I can see, it can't discriminate between the tree, the shed and the cars. It couldn't switch one of them off. It couldn't switch the shed off and think, oh, I don't want to see the shed, or I don't want to see the cars, or I don't want to see the tree. It treats them all equally. The awareness can't discriminate between one or the other. Same with hearing. If you're in a, in a room full of noises, it's not like your awareness can block out some noises and say. I like them, but I don't like them. Awareness says yes to absolutely everything. It has no preferences. And right now in your experience, you might be able to, well, first of all, you can hear my voice. So your aware mind is aware of the sound of my voice. If you're sitting down like I am, you might notice the feeling of your bottom on the chair or feeling of your feet on the floor you might be able to taste if you've recently had a drink or something to eat taste that in your mouth you might be able to smell whatever you can smell so your aware mind is aware of all these things and it doesn't discriminate between them it's only the thinking mind that comes in and and labels one as good or bad and the thing is we're much more prone to identifying with the thinking mind however thoughts come and go And beliefs change. So quick example, when I was speaking to Johnny Wilkinson about the injuries that he had between winning the World Cup in 2003 and reaching the World Cup final in 2007, he was basically injured for four years. And I asked him how he looked back at that. And he said, well, it depended when you asked him. So sometimes he might look back at that and go, well, without adversity, there can be no growth. So he was looking at it in a positive way. His mind was thinking about it in a positive way. And another time he might be thinking, yeah, but I've missed out on 30 or 40 England caps. So in one thought, belief, it was a And one belief, it was a negative. And then he actually said in the episode I recorded with him, that's when he realized that you can't have two stories for the past. They can't both be true. So thoughts can change. Beliefs can change. One day we wake up in a good mood and we look back on our life with pride and think everything's gone pretty well. But then if we have a bad night's sleep and a few things go badly, our view of of our own life can completely change. So the thinking mind is a a bit up and down. But the thing with the aware mind is it never changes. It doesn't come. It doesn't go. It doesn't change. It doesn't say it likes this more than that. It just is always present and it accepts absolutely everything. Just as it is and this is why i talk quite a lot in this series about acceptance and commitment therapy or acceptance and commitment training as it's sometimes known and this is why i really like act for short because one of the key premises of act is to establish that thoughts are just thoughts and to see them for what they are so words and images passing through the mind they're not who we are and we have a choice whether or not we can get lost or get enmeshed with a particular thought But it also says that resisting thoughts and feelings is not a good approach. It makes them rebound stronger. So one of the key techniques in ACT is to acknowledge a thought. Oh, I'm having the thought that it's raining and today's gonna be a disaster. Notice it and then let it go. Well, the same could be true of events. Just as in ACT, if we resist thoughts or feelings, they're more likely to rebound stronger. If we resist the present moment, Then we're going to suffer at least to some degree. Because if we resist the way things are, we are basically saying reality is wrong. Reality should be different. But it's not just resistance that causes suffering in that sense, it's also seeking. So, for example, if you're seeking happiness, you are by definition not happy. Just as if you're seeking to escape, that means you have not yet escaped. Otherwise, you wouldn't be seeking to escape. So, If you're able to not resist reality, not seek a different reality, but instead get in line with life. So accept everything that is taking place right now, accept the current moment, however it is, accept whatever's happened in the past, however it happened. If you can get in line with that, then you will be at peace. And the easier way to do that, rather than through thinking, is to align yourself, to identify more, with the aware mind rather than the thinking mind. So in terms of if you're suffering, so let's say you're in a bad mood, it's quite normal for us to wish to get rid of it. And um, If you're feeling tired, if you're feeling a bit anxious, particularly with, with anxiety, and I'm speaking from experience here, a really easy thing or an easy, really easy trap for us to fall into is, is wanting to try to get rid of it. But the thing is that is a subtle form of resistance, So the opposite way or a different way of dealing with it is to really let the anxiety take you. Don't wish it to be any different. You're in a bad mood, observe it, be interested in it, but don't try and change it. Now, ironically, if you can do that, the experience is likely to change it, at least to some degree. But be very aware of of trying to use this as a technique to get rid of uncomfortable thoughts and feelings or situations. It doesn't work because there's that old saying, what you resist persists. The key then is to accept the world and events as they are rather than as we want them to be. So it's about getting in sync with life as opposed to being in resistance to life. Then you can experience a sense of inner peace. Very important, I think, to say this doesn't mean you should accept any situation. If you are in an unhealthy, a toxic situation, for example, if you're in an abusive relationship, then clearly you should work to change it. But what I'm talking about here is things that can't be changed. Let's say you've just lost a football match, a tennis match. Let's say you've just suffered an injury, broken your leg. Those are things... Anything that's happened in the past, you can't change. So you might as well, well, you have to accept it. If you're not accepting it, you're resisting something that literally cannot be changed and you're going to cause yourself unnecessary suffering. So the key is then to work to change something that is not in your interest or if it can't be changed, accept it fully. Anything else is basically crazy.
1: instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash press on and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies. Okay. Anyway,
0: so that is the concept of amor fati, which is love your fate, get in line with life, don't be in resistance to life.